0: If you want to see more content from what you hear in this episode, simply visit dailyexaminer.com.au and subscribe now. This is on the front line. A series that reveals the first-hand experiences of New South Wales rural fire volunteers during the Clarence Valley's horrific 2019 bushfire season. It was honestly terrifying. I literally, I can remember just standing there with the hose, and I was, I was crying.
1: You could just see the wall of flame uh, just coming, and all you could see was fire trucks coming through the flames. Kangaroos burnt mid-flight, just stuck you know went white thought if it's done that to them what's it done to the boys <laughs> yeah i've never seen anything like that i hope i've never seen anything like my year again
0: i'm jenna thompson taking you across the region to hear directly from those who risked their lives in order to protect their community When a fire broke out next door to his Pillar Valley home, Steve Smith decided it was time to join his local rural fire service.
1: That was a, like a grass fire that got out of control a bit and I had, to, uh, I had a tractor with a slasher and they asked me to give him a hand, so I did and then I just asked, how do you join? So I went to the next meeting and yeah, joined up after that.
0: Steve still remembers the nerves he felt when he attended his first fire at Jack Adjury.
1: When you're a newbie, your first fire... All your training goes goes out the window. You go, oh crap! <laughs> I'm here now. What? What have I got to do? You know? And you just grab a hose and yeah, go for it. Really. Um, but yeah, it's just I say instincts just kick in and yeah, and you go from there.
0: Little did Steve realise that just three years later, he would be attending a blaze that's been described by other volunteers as the Clarence Valley version of the Black Saturday bushfires. Few will forget the most ferocious of them all, the Liberation Trail fire. On the afternoon of November 8, 2019, residents of Nimboida and surrounding areas had to flee their homes as a deadly fireball was heading straight toward them. Steve was part of the many crews sent to help fight the blaze.
1: I was just there sitting at home, and um we just got the call to go i think it was about three o'clock four o'clock and yeah, by the time we got out I was getting there and they just jumped in and away we went and the crew of oh we only had five of us yeah two in the nine and it was only three of us in the cat one
0: as steve and the pillar valley crew made their way south along armadale road they began to realize just how lethal this fire ground could be
1: driving out um and just all the chatter on the radio, so, you know, it was daunting. And as you got closer, all you could see was this huge big red glow on the on the range as you heading into the invoider and going, geez, we were just going, what are we driving into? It was yeah, it was just like you can imagine what hell would look like as they put it on TV, you know, hell was full of flames and that's what it was like. Um closer we got, it was just evacuate. Was all that was coming over the radio, get back to the main road. Uh, we go, crikey's. So we got as far as the canoe centre. We stopped, stopped there. You could just see the wall of flame. Uh, it was just coming, and all you could see was fire trucks coming through the flames. They were coming, yeah, coming back to the canoe centre, and yeah, they were just trying to run the flames.
0: Located 44 kilometres southwest of Grafton, Nimboida was known for its lush bushland, pristine river and pockets of rainforest teeming with birds and wildlife. But now, all Steve could see was a war zone.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, you'd walk outside, it was like Armageddon. Yeah, everything was just dark, gloomy, going, whoop, well, the world's gonna end. Yeah, that's what it looked like, or felt like too. Just the uh, spot overs that were coming was a good 20, if not 100 metres in front of the fire. Uh, was. Amber's dropping on the houses near there so we sort of put a few of those out and then our captain sort of went around to the back of the houses and I uh, said we can the grass is pretty dead it's very short so we can you now we park ourselves right we can we'll survive and we'll save these houses it's great so yeah so we took the the nine and the cat one around the back parked them best we could and uh, yeah within two three minutes it was... Hell broke loose, as you could say. It was just flames, 50, 60 feet high, just in front of you, you're standing there with this little hose going, looking up, going, what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) And uh, yes, it was very, very daunting. Yeah, for a a good 20 minutes, half an hour, um, until the flames sort of died and went round. There was a lot of spot overs around the houses, so, we, you know, we saved the three or four houses that are next there. We saved those. Um, but what helped, they, they had their sprinklers on their roofs as well, so that sort of helped them a bit. Um, yeah, we had garden hoses from the houses, all the hoses from the trucks just going every direction.
0: With winds of over 80 kilometres an hour and flames easily dwarfing homes and power lines, the Liberation Trail fire swept across the Nimboida River and tore through the community, turning 89 homes into ruins. Moments after the fire swept through, Steve grabbed his phone to record what he had just experienced.
1: Here, we just survived the worst fucking ever firestorm I've ever seen. Saved houses but fuck it was scary They've been so scared in my life
0: Although terrified by what he had just endured, Steve was proud of the work his crew had done, and one property in particular he helped save that night.
1: I'll spruik about it. We saved the canoe centre. Yeah, uh, We only lost the one shed next to the main office because we couldn't get into it. The flat Ambers got into it and it was full of chemicals and stuff like that, so we couldn't really get into it. All we could do was stand there with the hoses and try and keep the shed cool as best we could. Yeah, wait, hopefully no explosion because uh, what it could have been very uh, even bigger disaster if it did things that exploded so it was full of uh, canoes, all the fiberglass stuff yeah, it was, yeah, all that toxic stuff coming out of as well so that yeah, was yeah, another thing we had to keep in mind too, is not try and breathe that in so you'd sort of go and do a bit and you'd walk away out of the smoke and the flames so you'd get a bit of fresh air and then you'd yeah go back. So we sort of had crews on two sides of it. So you'd take it in turns of, yeah, keeping that cool, keep so wouldn't because it was, oh, it would have been, it wouldn't even been a metre from the main office. Yeah, for that for that shed, um, we saved majority of the canoes because they were on trailers. So we pulled them into the centre where there was no grass. Um, it was a little shed that was lost, but that was about it. Yeah.
0: Since that night, the Nimboida Camping and Canoe Centre dubbed the Helping Hub, has become the heart of the community's recovery, supplying food and tools, as well as an essential source of information on where to find help. However, his work on the fireground had only just begun. Steve would continue through the night to keep properties safe and rescue animals trapped in their backyard pens.
1: It was a very long day. It was about a 14, 16 hour day. Uh, time we got out there, fought that, and it was a yeah, it was the next day, and it was still roaring. Uh, it went past us, and yeah, it was yeah, was moving very very quick. We didn't know how far it got until um, the sun came up, and yeah, we started driving out. We had to go to different areas for another different you know, different fires put out, and so yeah. yeah, so it was a very very long day and night and terrifying. Save the yeah, save the chooks. <laughs> There's a chook run there. We saved the chooks and the ducks. <laughs> well, it was sort of where we was, a couple of us were standing. There was a chook run and uh, yeah, they did a few ducks, and, but we sort of... The roof caught on fire, so we put the, the fire around on top of the roof and then something that was on and caught on melted. So we just tried to keep them cool as best we could. <laughs> we, nearly, we nearly had roast chook for dinner, but... <laughs> but we saved them, yeah.
0: Over the next few days, Steve helped patrol the area for any potential spot fires.
1: Got very close to Coots, and it got very close out that way. So, yeah, very close. They you know, they bombed all around that, which, you no, know, pretty well saved it. Yeah. So there was a lot of hell. Like, we drove through it, Nimboy to the next day. Um, we got to watch, which wasn't a very nice sight, but you saw... A, you, I saw my first house fire, house being burnt mm-hmm. down, wasn't, no, it's not a very nice thing to see, someone losing their house. But, um, and gas bottles, no. yeah, but you can see why they've got pressure releases on the gas bottles. It was, yeah, we told to get back as far as we could and you just see the, you hear the gas bottles, um, mm. pressure things going off on top, yeah.
0: Eighty-nine properties were destroyed that Friday night after the Liberation Trail fire swept across Nimboida. Months on from the blaze, the once lush green region remains a blackened landscape dotted by the ruins of people's homes. Even today, many residents continue to struggle with adequate housing and access to water or power while they rebuild their lives. Although little could be done to protect homes from the intensity of the firestorm, Steve is already looking toward what can be done in future to prevent any repeat of the devastation he witnessed.
1: They've got to try and let us do more HR burns and things in the off-season where we can. we start starting to do some now, which is going to be good, but, um, but yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, have got to try and do more. Yeah, people have got to learn to look after their properties more as well. they've got to try and do things as well to help us and everyone else out in their say community, yeah, things like that they've got to take more responsibility for their properties of yeah hazard burns and cleaning up and things like so they' got yeah, got rubbish land around, get rid of it, burn it when you can, yeah.
0: You've been listening to On the Frontline. If you want to see more content from what you hear in this episode, simply visit dailyexaminer.com.au and subscribe now. If you're interested in volunteering for the New South Wales Rural Fire Service, visit www.rfs.nswales.gov.au forward slash volunteer or visit your nearest brigade. If this episode has raised any issues for you, please contact Lifeline Australia on 13 11 14.